This episode of the Active Topical Banter Show is brought to you by Gamefly.com's video game streaming service. Start your free trial with one new game at GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Table podcast. My name is Scott Walker, and joining me tonight are my co-hosts. So I don't have a witty remark this week. I'm just Sam. It's kind of lame. Like that's witty <laughs> enough. I'm going second today. I'm Mac, and I have all kinds of wit, but I just don't tend to show it because I don't want people to know I'm witty. Keep that expectation low. I'm Trent, and I am third place this week, and I'm also third place in your hearts, probably. Oh, Muffin! Well, I mean, we're well, all members. There's four of us of, on here, so yeah, we're all members of the San Marcello fan club, first and foremost. So there's that, and then I mean, if you're third place, <laughs> I, I, I think it's we're just all a... behind Sam. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. But but I don't feel that way. You're all number one in my hearts. Oh, oh, oh! That that sounds like uh, what are those prizes that you get for participating? Oh, those participation purple, participation the, the purple ribbons. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that, Sam. Makes me feel really confident about my abilities. As it should. <laughs> I can't believe I took that and just went with it. I'm not that horrible, am I? No comment. Do I need to get a new job? We no do need. <laughs> We, we, we do need to get new jobs, because that's our topic for the night. We are talking classes and jobs and what they mean and what they say in a story and what they do to game design. And I'm going to start with a soapbox I found myself on ages upon ages ago, and I never had a chance to exercise it, so you have to sit with me for three minutes while I rant. Oh, Lord. The story goes that in tabletop circles, people who like point-by systems will always, always, always claim that uh, class and level-based games are restrictive to role-playing because they put you in a little pigeonhole. And the example an individual gave one time that drove me up the wall was in the most, that at the time, most recent version of the Star Wars role-playing game, you could not play a highly skilled diplomat who could not also wrestle a bear because your ability to progress as a diplomat was also keyed to attack and hit point growth. At which point I had to tell him, it's goddamn Star Wars, there are only two diplomats with any screen time in the setting, and you've seen both of them wrestle things much larger than bears. Fair point. Which, com- which brings me to my point. If you choose a class-based system for your game, you are setting a tone. If that tone works... You've done it. If that tone doesn't, you're just lazy and you license D20 for no good reason. See, I mean, I'm of the mind that when you have a job for your character, I mean, yes, the job is a part of both your your dice, but I think it's also important that it is a part of the characterization. And if you choose as a, the role player to not use that identity in some way, then you're doing it wrong. So Fallout 4? Because, you know, your your character class for Fallout 4 is lawyer. Or at least for h- half of the population, your character class is lawyer. You you can do no lawyering. Man, I want to You cannot be... lawyer even once. You can, however, suplex a deathclaw. Which is rad. But I think about that. Like, I've played a nun in one of our role-playing <laughs> campaigns. And I look at that and I go, I spent more time promoting the job class that I was than I did. And, and and she also wrestled bears, if you can believe that. And I think about it, I go, I just want to have fun. And sometimes the job class can lend itself to that. I just diplomats and bears, Scott. I don't, I feel like you can do both. Well, I mean, if you do both, then you've said something about your game and your setting. 
if you if you're a point buyish game, then make every possible build viable. Don't lie to me, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Don't lie to me. The only skills that mattered were katana and super speed. Okay, so so to that point, what about games that have, have multiple classes, but in reality you can only play them with one class? Oh, like where where in like like yeah, uh, Alpha Alpha Protocol, for instance. Okay, Alpha Protocol is a point by game, but there's only yeah, there's only two skill trees that matter. <laughs> Again, Obsidian didn't really think that through, as usual. Yeah. Small guns. Small guns and stealth. The only the only points that matter. I, I didn't put. I remember not using stealth in that game because I don't believe in stealth. It told you where everyone on the map was and would make you invisible for <laughs> minutes at a time if someone saw you. I know you made me put points into stealth, but I remember protesting the whole time. <laughs> because it's like I would rather kick punch better, and you were like, "You want to be able to see the guys," and I was like. <laughs> I would rather kick punch better. But you, there was a power that turned you invisible when people saw you, which means you could then run up to them and punch them in the throat. That, that's what I realized, and I was like, oh wait, this is actually a great idea. Alright, so I'll agree with you completely. Tone is really what carries this kind of stuff, because a lot of times you'll get into role-playing and your class doesn't really factor into that at all. It tends to be more of a gameplay perspective and a gameplay function than it does anything else as far as tone goes. And just looking at the, you know, the Western style RPGs kind of that are taken from what we're talking about, or at least what we've started talking about here, so many of them are just rough because you start playing the game before you really even know what kind of skills you're going to get, you know, and it's almost like, always... Does it matter? Rogue. Does it mean anything? Yeah, it's like Rogue Thief warrior and then healer those are your are mage you know those are your options you tend to have a little bit of flexibility in those but they tend to go with those three archetypes most of the time yeah but there, there's really always that chance that the, the thief will be worthless right there's always exactly. a chance that the thief turns out worthless well that's just a, yeah. it's it's too bad that in a lot of western games you you can't really experiment with a lot of different classes like one of my biggest griefs with something like dragon age especially the original one was the fact that you were kind of stuck with whatever you picked um even though you know they gave you seven different origin stories each tied to a class and you kind of had to figure out based on like playing each one of them oh maybe this is the thing i want to do and like i wish there was a way to in some western games be like you know what i want to start this way but maybe by allocating your skill points in a different way, I can be somebody else because I'm not feeling this rather than having to start the whole game over. I'm going to bite my time while like trans- in Skyrim, for instance? Yeah. Well, Skyrim's a thing. <laughs> well, no, that that's a good point because Skyrim, you, you, you could say to yourself, I want to be a mage. Then realize you don't like it. And then realize that, oh god, magic is so worthless. More worthless than any Elder Scrolls game ever. And now I'm 12 hours in and I really can't push away from this anymore. Let's start again. Oh, here I am on the cart. Uh, so I will go ahead and praise one game that I hardly ever get to talk about but have been recently is Kingdoms of Emblem Reckoning. That nailed the class system because you were not tied to anything after you made your game. And that was one thing that when I, I went up and did like a studio tour with them, the guy that was in charge of the class system specifically said that's the one thing they hated, and he's now one of the directors of Mass Effect Andromeda, so maybe it'll pull over to that. Who knows? But you had the three class systems, but you weren't tied to those. You could reset, you could you know, change all of that stuff mid-game and just reallocate everything just however you wanted to, and it fit into the game's kind of lore and story, and that part... I didn't care if it didn't factor into that or not. That didn't bother me. Just the whole fact that you could start with, with a you know a might build or a warrior build and stack those things up and be like, eh, I kind of want to do a cross-class thing. You could do that. You could start blending in your finesse stuff. Next thing you know, you've got a bunch of chakras going back and forth and just smashing on everything. And it was that did the class system very well as far as western style games well let's be honest chakras were the only thing that mattered in that damn game chakram chakram you you should know that one sam you love xena i do and i i can't believe i didn't say it right i I had to say it now because that would have been the first comment i know (laughs) 
and I'm a Xena lover, so I'm really offended. And that, that then I, I had that. to poke you about Xena. But uh, I wanted to grow up to be Lucy Lawless, okay? You still can grow up and be Lucy Lawless. You can be a marvelously attractive 50-year-old woman who is topless in Spartacus a lot. I'm so and otherwise, there. doesn't it work? Um, Shut up, Trent. She's still you know a wonderful what? She could be doing be. something. I don't know. Don't you ever say anything bad about Xena around me. <laughs> okay, so Trent, do you have anything nice to say about classes? <laughs> or Lucy? Um, I guess it, it really depends. Like, are, are we just talking about, like, Western no. games? Or we're, are we also... we're, we're gonna bridge out, because I think... I think JRPGs approach classes differently, whereas um, your your classic uh, Western RPG is going to be in the D&D mold, where you show up and this guy is Fightor. Yes, and dice are rolled. And dice are rolled, <laughs> and that that's it, and perhaps being a Fightor implies something about his position in the world, or perhaps it does not. But I think in JRPGs, you have... You have roles, and you also have jobs, and this is something, uh, I, uh, what, what I'll say is that in some JRPGs, it's clear that this character has a role. They have their combat niche. They are mm-hmm. he- status effect guy, or healer chick, or uh, beat stick McMahon huge, and- <laughs> Right, buff, debuff, healer, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then you also have systems where it is, you have a bunch of characters that have personality- and they have jobs, and they're a lot more flexible in that, where you can bounce around and do cross-job things, and half the fun is like, okay, so if I level up to 20 in Red Mage, and then switch over to Sage, I have all these cool powers as a secondary now. And that becomes, and it becomes a management game of who has what, and what do I have to do to unlock all umpteen billion roles I can play. See... This is where I can actually talk about Final Fantasy with some praise. My favorite Final Fantasy is Tactics, and the reason for that is the job system. There was so much versatility in terms of the kinds of characters that you could mold. Yes, they would have their first class, and then they'd have their secondary class. But the fact that you could level up different parts of the jobs and then include them in some other ways. Like, I always like to build Ramza as both, like, a knight, but he would also wield double swords from the ninja class. And then also have the crazy armor buff to go with it. It meant I did a lot of grinding before I got to Vigraph, but it made my life so much easier. (laughs) But stuff like that, like the level of experimentation that I could do with that game, I remember how much fun I had. It was just, they would offer so much, and it felt like you just had a plethora in front of you. Like, yes, you had to kind of grind a little bit for the job points, but sometimes you could just create the most badass thing. Without even meaning to sometimes. Or some t- sometimes you just know that it's like, okay, I I want I want dual wielding from this this class, but I need it with this guy's crazy polearm thing. Because why not? Yeah. yeah. And they tend to take two different approaches to it as well, because you get, just like you said with tactics, you get the blank slate, do whatever you want to do have some pre-made characters which are great to dive into and you know get a good feel for but you also have a whole lot of generics that are just sitting around doing nothing they don't they don't have any personality they don't have any background it's just a blank slate for and that's great there's nothing wrong with that but that's the other approach that some games take is the fact that you'll get in there and you'll find some that are much more defined as far as their personality goes and other games, I know, uh, jumping over to the one that Sam and I were already talking about earlier, is Vandal Hearts. Best and game. That game handled job classes in like a tactical RPG the way I love it. Because what it does is it takes each character and gives them a specific personality, gives them a specific role to fill, and at the same time, you change their job class in two different paths and then upgrade them from there. But you're not just at a blank slate where, you know, Joe Bob from the tavern can be a black mage, or he can be a knight. Yeah, Vandal. I'm that, but I, I love the way Vandal Hearts does it. Not enough games do that to give me the variety that I like. I think the success with Vandal Hearts, though, is the fact that it is a very small group of characters that you're following. 
So that really helps because it allows for enough screen time for each one of them so you can get to know them. But also when you get to that stage where you can change the classes, you can make a really informed decision for yourself about how you feel about that character. Like I was a sucker for Hawk Knights, so any character that had the Hawk Knight class, I would immediately make them one because there was a lot that a Hawk Knight could do on some of those maps that, you know, if they were just in like a healer role or just a basic archery role, yes, they would still have those skills, but they would still have the flight. So that way you could move around the map and actually do some damage. Well, okay. So I guess there are a couple of things that I can extract from that, which is that how much does sheer numbers matter? And where do you put the numbers? Because I think I, I just booted up uh, Baldur's Gate 1, the enhanced edition. And there are... 13 character classes in that game each of them having five variants buried in them and i'm just sitting there going fighter <laughs> like i i read them all and then just said fighter and i'm just like yeah i think it size matters in some ways well there, there's a certain point where does it really mean anything like does is an anchorite appreciably different from a thaumaturge. Hmm. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of bloat that you see in a lot of games yes. because they give you so many options that sometimes, you know, even taking a totally different example, the where Tactics went after that was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and then even further in Final Fantasy Tactics A2, you had so many job classes. I don't even know what a green mage insane. is, right? Got <laughs> I know, but you've got one. Here's a green mage. You know, here's an illusionist. Here's, you know, you have like six or seven different races and they can all be different jobs too. And while great, there's so many options, you don't get to play with them all. You don't get a good chance to really get your hands on and feel those without just continually, you know, grinding or bloating, you know. Just just digging in. or and then, and then the second you go to complain about the game somewhere... Some guy is quick to say, well, you didn't pick this obscure thing and that wins the game all the time. And I'm like, could could you flag the ones that are good for well, me, please? Well, this is just it, though. The, yeah. the issue with tactical RPGs is that everyone is going to play them differently because of the plethora of classes and skills that are offered. Well, yes and no, because, I mean, XCOM's a tactical RPG with exactly four classes. Okay, I mean, I was, I mean, in the sense because I play JRPGs. The, the J, the J where style where I'm they go nuts, from. right? Um, because you get to a stage where everybody's going to want to craft their characters a little bit differently, and sometimes that's part of the fun when you're having a conversation with somebody because you could be um, talking about how you handled a different battle compared to somebody else. Like, I think back to the hardest battle in Final Fantasy Tactics, and I remember trying so many different versions of ramza for that first half of the fight and that's when i was like now nah, you know what i really should just waste the time and get ninja because ninja's gonna solve all my problems which Believe it did. It. um yeah but that's what i mean like not everybody would use that approach some of them would just go straight up night because they'd have all the extra hp that goes with it and like i i love that aspect when i'm having a conversation with somebody about how they approach different job classes and how they handle different approaches to the battle itself using those classes it's true and when you jump into the when you jump out of the tactical rpg side of things and just look at things like i'll compare final fantasy 4 and 5 you've got two games back to back you know super nintendo style that's what they were going for but you get one where you have four characters can juggle them however you want make them whatever you want that makes the gameplay a lot more flexible you can do whatever kind of style design you know character design that you want for those characters if you want to have them all go you know heavy melee more power to you that's great but on the other side you know final fantasy 4 and even 6 still give you characters that have a defined class you know they're doing their own jobs they're in there you know kane is always going to be the dragoon he can jump there's not a whole lot else he does he's just you know stabby makes you know spear hand <laughs> and the bard will always be spoony because that's totally his class right well i mean spooniness is just a component of bartery right i feel like it is i mean yeah and it it doesn't really 
impact things in the original Final Fantasy IV. But when you got to, you know, some of the, not the DS remake, but the Game Boy Advance and the PSP remakes, when you got so to the Wonder end of the Swan. game. Why did we yeah. never get, that? that's a different question, but why did we never get the Wonder <laughs> Swan over here? Yeah, that's that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at the end of Final Fantasy IV on Game Boy Advance and PSP, you got the option of bringing in any character you wanted to. So unlike the original, you could have Edward in the final dungeon of that game. And it gave you more options. I like when games just give you a character and say, here's a character, use him or don't, here's what he does, that's it. You know, you've got some customization options, but I think that's one reason that I didn't like Final Fantasy VII when it came out is I felt like all the characters looked like they could have cool job classes and stuff, but they ended up just all feeling the same. Well, and I think that's a component that Final Fantasy lost for a while because you're exactly right. Like, well, yes and no, because there was there were always well, these weird hat tips back. Like, well, I mean, seven um, and eight, I mean, more in that okay, sense because those two are actually so. problematic for that. Whereas nine kind of gets back into the stages where it's like, here are these defined roles. Here's what you can do with them. Go nuts, and that's why people yeah. love nine. Whereas seven and eight have the problem of you have really well defined characters if you like those characters, let's be honest. Um, But there's nothing that makes them unique or interesting in terms of a role that they fulfill. Yeah, fair enough. Like, let's be honest, what is is Squall's role, Trent? Tell me. Well, Squall's role to be moping. (laughs) So so his role is emo kid. No, his role is making that improbable weapon work. Right. Um, I'll say that I'm I'm looking Actually, none of them had a probable weapon. I'm okay with this now. Sorry, Trent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say that I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age because I, I haven't played the international uh, job system. Uh, I have no idea what that looks like. One of my main gripes with Final Fantasy XII is that every character, although I like all the characters with the exception of one or two, does end up feeling basically the exact same across the board. Um, so I, yeah. that's a case where there's no defined, as, as I understand it, there's a defined job right, and they apply certain jobs to different characters. Yeah, in the Zodiac job system, there's different license boards that you get where you can get different skills. Once you pick a license board for that character, they're stuck on that job. So you only get to work with that license board from there on out, and they get to play as that role. And I'll I'll agree with you completely, and I don't know why I can't seem to nail this on Final Fantasy VII and VIII, but in twelve, for whatever reason, I was able to clearly define my characters the way I wanted to. I ended up having Bosch be like a Dark Knight. He could use some black magic, but he was mostly heavy armor, heavy weapons. I had Oddly enough, had Pinello as a paladin. She ended up with like yeah, heavy that's, that's swords. Weird. And, yeah, heavy <laughs> swords, well, heavy armor, but you... white magic. And I was able to define those better in that game. And it may have just been a mental thing for me, but I can't seem to get that same thing because I feel like in seven and eight, just don't have those clear of an well, option. You, well, some of that is the way. Awesome. Those particular subs, each each subsystem of a character is a little bit more esoteric, where you don't necessarily have that immediate understanding of I am now investing this character with black magic because you can always just flip it out, right? Like that, it, well, that it's was, much yeah. more. That was the gimmick with it's, seven. It's too flexible that you don't feel like you have to commit to anything. So inevitably, yeah. you find something that is ideal like an ideal build or what you feel like you want a character to do and you make all seven of them do it. Well, and then you have the problem with eight where there's no way to make any sort of define role because the draw system doesn't allow for that. Well, eight is, eight is just a big pile of weird that sits outside and does its own thing. (laughs) I mean, I, to, to be fair, it could be argued that some of the characters do have defined roles based on their limit breaks. Yeah. For instance, Questus is clearly a blue mage, for instance, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just a shame that that one aspect of it is so limited in use compared to everything else. That's what I was it, going for. Well, and I, I guess right and you're, you're hitting on something that's on my outline, which is that uh, how frustrating or helpful is it where class the, the class is also 
parceled with characterization. And sometimes that's uh, literal in the sense where the setting builds certain rules for druids, let's say. Like, you, you meet a druid character and you know what that means. And how much of that is just sort of like JRPG or even Western RPG tropiness where, oh, this is love interest female character. Oh, and she has healing magic because they all the love interest female characters have healing magic. I hate mm. that trope, by the way. Well, with that, every fiber of my well, being. Well, that that specific trope. one, but even like, oh, this this is big guy. Okay, big guy's different, but like you you run into your char- the the combat niche you fulfill is also a big part of your characterization. Like they feed into each other. I'm trying to think of like a great example of that, and the only one that comes to mind is one that I constantly talk about, which is Valkyrie Profile, because that's a really- <laughs> Take your shot! Take your shot! Um, because that's a really interesting <laughs> case where a lot of the classes are predetermined in the storyline to begin with, and that is on top of the fact that they feed into the characterization of those characters. Like, their jobs are a huge part of who they are as a character, and that's how you can have a level of connection. Um a good example would be like um, Jail. Uh, Jail's a female knight. She dresses up as a man to join the knighthood. Um, she gets found out, is murdered for being found out. And when you get her as a party member, you have that backstory that gives you an idea for how her class is supposed to work. So there are games like that where I look at that and I go, I do think when it's fed into the characterization, it has to be done in a way where you kind of want to give a crap at least. Well, okay, so and that's I, sort of my thing is I want to give a crap. Well, and <laughs> I've I've made sort of I, I I alluded to a running gag from a completely different podcast by referring to a character as Phytor, <laughs> but like there there is a certain case where you have shown up as like you 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 meet cleric, pretty liberal order because she's a woman, but like the fact that she's that you know the cleric has to be you know, somehow like this medieval crusader type all all the time, always, right? And I'm I'm playing some more Darkest Dungeon in the past few days, and um, those character classes all come with specific barks for, like there are, you know, every character shows up with a name, but their class determines what their barks are and part of how they uh, tend to snap psychologically. So the idea that, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, crusaders all sort of talk the same way and um, abominations talk a different way and they don't get along. <laughs> they have to not get along. Darkest Dungeon's such a weird case. I mean, and I think that's kind of part of the fun with it as well is that you get very different banter based on your classes. And I like the psychological aspect of the game, but I've talked to you at length about why I think that's just such a fascinating system. <laughs> yeah, Get it on your Vita! Get it on your beta. Hashtag team handheld. <laughs> <laughs> Although, that's a... Like, the more I play it, the more I want it on tablet. And I don't think they're going to port it for me. You, you never know. It, it it could be in the works, but I'm like, ah, oh well. I feel like so many of them do it so awkwardly and so wrong well, in well, so many ways. Well, yeah. awkward and Some wrong. Some of my favorites. Awkward and wrong, I'm actually going to bring up. How do you port a job system outside fantasy because in fantasy you're sort of tolkien lined out okay this is a fighter this is a ranger this is a rogue this is a wizard uh gary uh, no dave arneson added clerics because a player was griefing a guy playing as a vampire that this is how dnd developed <laughs> um but you know that the, the fiction implied that this is what you do and this is how you do it but you go over to sci-fi where you want to have a rich variety of gameplay options, but you're sort of bound in different ways, and you have to, you know, make up wibbly-wobbly nanotech so you can still have fireballs. <laughs> well, what about something like Mass Effect, Scott, where that was a game where all the characters actually sort of had defined roles? Well, okay, Mass Effect... Well, again, they, they had to realize that coming from the D and D pool. Yeah, as they, well, they they but... did have to come up with wibbly wobbly nanotech. So, uh, <laughs> well, so Doctor Morton can... could throw fireballs. Doctor Morton. Can I also say? Can I also say I love Mass Effect, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me which class I ever played, 
what skills I had. I just kind of went in there shooting and never really. I, I cannot tell you what class. So I you were probably soldier. You were probably well, soldier. And, that, and think, that's it. Even in modern day, it's even in modern day, it's even more I limited. Think. Where you have you have guy with gun, guy with gun, guy with gun. Yeah. Guy with right. different gun and med kit. <laughs> okay, so at that point, though, like, what's what is the point? Like, yeah. Are, why are there even classes in there? Why why do they have to be a part of the mix? Do well, we really have to pretend like there's a layer of depth there when there really isn't? Because they had to create yeah. multiplayer, Trent. They had to create well, multiplayer. Yes and no. I mean, different <laughs> different games approach dif- it differently. So, like, the original XCOM had guy with gun, guy with sniper rifle, guy with different gun than the first guy, and guy with med kit. <laughs> and... Yeah, and- that makes more sense than a lot of the other stuff that's out there. Yeah, like, I don't even want to know what the class options were for that Tom Clancy tactical game. Mac, you played it. You probably would know. No, I don't think I you heard, would remember. I, I heard it was great, <laughs> yeah, no. but yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine that the classes made a lot of sense. Well, what about in something like, and Mac, you'd probably be able to explain this better, what about something like Dragon Quest? I mean, the class system in Dragon Quest oh. is something that's always been a large part of that series. Not so much for games like 8. 8 is its own thing. But, I mean, I'm playing 9 right now, and it's a great example of I've never bothered to change classes. Yeah. Just because the I, game doesn't give me a good incentive to want to bother. Oh, yeah. And Dragon Quest is one thing I'll, I'll definitely speak out to, because I like I like Dragon Quest and all, but... Nine is the only one with a job class system that I've liked. Three, I didn't get that far into, so I can't judge it. But six and seven, I didn't like the job class system, not to count the fact that they came like halfway through the game, not early on to where you could do anything with them. I much prefer the style of something like four, where you have unique characters that just have their own role that they play, and you can decide who you want to use, who works best, I'll take that over it any day. But I think 9 did it well. 9 tended to be one of the games that you would pick a job class that you'd like and just stick with it and say, you know, this is the role I want to play. I'm going to boost up these skills. That's all I need to do. So I've hilariously not changed job classes at all while playing it. And that's because the game did not give me the incentive to give a crap about changing jobs. So I'm still running the same basic classes that I started with the game. And I yeah, kind of have no regrets. It's working for me and it's working really well. I just, I think my frustration with Dragon Quest Nine so far has been, if you're going to put a job system in there, you need to give a real good incentive as to why I should care and why mm-hmm. I should want to use it. And I think that's one of Dragon Quest's biggest shortcomings is in its inclusion of having a job system. Nine at least did some things well in aspect of giving you skills that mattered yes but i can i can totally understand you know finding four classes that you liked and just sticking with those if they had the things that you needed to do more power to you because that's all you needed you didn't have to go anywhere for well and that's that's where the positives i think of that game also come in because you still had a lot of versatility with what you could pick with the weapons to determine the skills so you could play around with it in that regard but that's where I also look at it and go, then why did you bother to include the job classes to begin with if it's really tied to the weapon? Yeah, I, some people love that. That's that's what they get into. And I think that, you know, that would be something I'd like to ask each of you, too, is what kind of game or which game, you know, kind of implements the job system or class system that you enjoy the most. People like that kind of thing. They like to go and just min-max their character, spend lots of time grinding, all of that stuff. And it would fit perfectly if you wanted to there. I didn't see the need to, but who's to say others didn't? But I'm curious, what which what game or games would most kind of exemplify your favorite kind of job systems? I'll go, I'll go first. You know, I've already said, as far as tactical RPGs go, Vandal Hearts is one of my favorites. I just, I love the way it's handled. And outside of that, one that you actually have to pick jobs for. Um, is it cheating to go with Final Fantasy XI? Because I like the way it handles well, that. MMOs it, are a whole different thing, but it's also... But Final Fantasy XI is a weird case where it does let you bounce around the, the board a lot, right? Yeah, you have one character. You don't have to create a, a new character if you want to be a wizard or if you want to be a mage or you know black mage or white mage or something like that. You 
you get your one character and you can just say, hey, I'm going to start over at level one and level this job up. I just like the way it handled it. Plus, it had so many jobs and you could interact with them by giving, you know, one character a sub job to where you could get half of the uh, skills if you'd maxed that one job. So you could have a warrior with half of samurai skills. I think it, that kind of job system could be adapted into a single player game very easily. I see how it could work, but what know, if, what about I'm then with like promotion systems, a la you know Fire Emblem? Well, Fire Emblem is it, it's just prestige classing where ha- once you're familiar with what the class does, you can narrow down narrow it down or expand specific elements of it. So the difference between being a paladin or a cavalier is mostly one of um, scale, not necessarily kind. Because I like that system, I'm not going to lie. I like the simplicity of it, but I also like the extreme of just having all the choice, which that's why I love Final Fantasy Tactics. I didn't, I don't like the way in which the two advanced games handled things, because I think that was a little bit overkill. Um, <laughs> they give you a lot of jobs. That's, it's a lot of jobs, and it's just, I think that's too much, whereas I like the set classes that Tactics offered. Um, I liked that the majority of the classes never entirely felt useless. Like there was the odd one where like, yeah, you had to level it up a little bit more to get more useful skills. But most of the time, right off the bat, you had pretty useful stuff to to work with and make your battles a little bit more strategic and interesting, Um, which I think is really important when you're running a job system and you have skills. Like give me skills that I can work with, not stupid stuff. I like haste. Haste is great. Thank God it's the first well, thing on the I mean, list. Balance, for timing. balance is key. You kind of have to make them all viable somehow, right? What uh, about in, Trent Monster? Trent Monster, what do you like in a job system game? Um, well, I don't. If we're being frank, I don't love job system games. Like when when the game places, with the exception of tactical games, but I feel like that's like a we're talking apples and oranges when we're comparing regular RPGs to tactical games. Okay, absolutely. But like, I I think. When we're talking about job games that put jobs as the centerpiece of the game, like I, I like fun, I like Final Fantasy V exclusively for the job system. I hate pretty much everything else about it. To be honest, <laughs> um, totally with it, you. Like, like playing that game was painful, with the exception of mastering the jobs. And in that sense, like I really reaped the benefit of playing by enjoying the jobs in it. But other. Otherwise, I don't know, like, I feel like the problem with games that have these job systems is that so much thought and foresight needs to be put into the job system that the, the rest of the game, I feel, tends to suffer as a result. The, the plot, the characters, the dialogue, it all just seems kind of secondary. Mm-hmm. Very often that's the case. It is. Yeah. I think Final Fantasy Tactics, the original Tactics, Does was one the of the few that, that, and I guess that's why I don't. I don't necessarily put its job system at the top of my favorites. I still like it and really enjoy it, but I'm with you. It just, it isn't, there, there's rarely a good balance between those. So, oh. so what would you say, what would you say the worst games with a job system are? I'm actually going to, I, I know exactly the worst one. <laughs> Bring it on. What's the worst one? Shadow worst one? Run. Shadow. Oh yes, of course. Shadow Run. No, no. I I have a good reason of this. This is not my usual axe to grind. So so <laughs> in tabletop games, usually um a lot of uh, especially in class based tabletop games, you're sort of what you're choosing when you choose a class is not necessarily uh what role you play in combat, but what role you play across the entire uh gameplay spectrum. So if so in D&D, you play a bard, you are saying that you are more interested in uh, role-playing and doing out-of-combat stuff, and when it comes time to really roll the dice and stab some goblins for their boots, you're just going to chill in the back and make everyone do their job better. Uh, you, If you pick fighter, you're not really going to interact with people in a way that's important Unless to the me. game. In a way that's important to the game. You Unless just wanna you, you just wanna be the one smashing the goblins. In Shadowrun, they put really, really sharp divides between each of those subsections to the point where if you are playing the hacker, 
you get to play your own game on your own for a fraction of the session and then the second your section is done you you can you can literally leave, leave the house you can just leave the house ignore the rest of what's going on because you you've done the hacker man thing and now it's down to uh your street sammy and uh your fizzad to uh do the heavy lifting and you are literally excluding players from the entire experience and the pc games based on Shadowrun have carried that through to a pretty great degree like if you know it's a party-based turn-based tactical game but at the end of the day the decker is hiding behind cover with his pistol maybe hoping to be useful until the computer terminal terminal is free to use so my answer um and before i even give the the one i don't like the most I have to say, I can't believe I've gone through this whole thing without mentioning how I also like Shining Force and how it handles things. It's very similar to Vandal Hearts. So just I had to throw that out there because I couldn't go through this whole thing without at least mentioning. I'm surprised it didn't come up sooner, Mac, to be honest, because I know how much you love the Shining Force. Yes, indeed. I think my least favorite way of handling job systems would be um, games like Disgaea, mainly because they are so bloated with options which is a good thing for some people I, i'm not saying they're well, bad games that that game just sort of fine. invites you to spend a thousand hours doing every little thing or walk away entirely there is no in between right yeah and i fall on the far end of that spectrum where choice paralysis just kicks in and i'm like uh yeah no i'm gonna pass yeah like when that introduced reviving or uh, reincarnating units to me, I'm like, oh god, this is even more stuff to deal with. I'm gonna yeah, close my just, DS now. Yeah, there's just so much that I'm like, this guy has its own level of extremes. Like, I am impressed with the people who can deal with all those systems, but I, I know for me personally, I'm like, that's too much. Can't do it. Respect those who can, but I, I can't. Uh, and that's actually, like I said, why I don't like games like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Sometimes too much choice is not necessarily a good thing. And sometimes doing too much at once really just throws the player off to the point where either they're going to love that system or hate it. And Disgaea is such a, it's a very love-hate so, uh, system. So for what I like in a class-based game is something where it gives you a really obvious archetype that is viable to play once you know the li- its limits and its strengths. And then offers you an opportunity to get dig a little deeper into it. So, like, I, I do really like XCOM, the current XCOM version, where you 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 get handed a character, and this is the sniper, and you get to decide whether that's more support or more solo, and how and how you build your character going forward. Scott also names his characters after real people he knows. That's so when what somebody, you're supposed so when somebody to do dies, in there, there, there's a small funeral in our house every every time. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. Commander Trent, Becky or Corporal Becky. Colonel Becky. Is it Colonel Becky? I get it wrong every time. XCOM Two. Trent is doing pretty well. He is uh, sorting the snake mi- the snake monsters. Go XCOM Trent. I've already. Good job. Am I already dead? Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> You're you're an emotional wreck, though. You you created me in XCOM. Yes. Oh goodness. You have a sword for some reason. Then you might have to take there. screenshots of everybody from your XCOM game, Scott. Okay, you all wear and silly hats them, and give them like their personality Wait. archetype. So so am I in there? Because if so, I must be dead already. Because that <laughs> probably would be the case. Uh, I I want to say Mac is still kicking around, but he. He's also shambly. He, he's like I'm probably, I'm he's, probably on the bench a lot. He's he's like a second or third stringer. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. No, that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, um, do we have anything to close out on? Um, I do want to ask, what would be your class type? You keep asking. I like this. Question. This is the third time the podcast has done but this. Here's the difference. I want this time. You pick for other people. Tell me, Scott, what am oh, I? What am I? Whatever class oh. can't point their face at the microphone. Shut your face. The, if this is a the mime, closing question. That might be it. I'm a mime, okay. 
I, I, I tease. I like this question. I'm sorry. I just see. I, I want to call Sam like the romantic interest that heals. Oh, but don't I you know dare! Take so much offense to that. <laughs> I, I, whenever I play tabletop games with Scott, that joke comes up every so often, and I refute it every time. In our current D and D game, I play a dragon with who. Could be the Kinda reincarnation of Barney for all we hey, know. More power to you. Um, dragon. I'm but I'm a dragon lady who just her name is Gertie. <laughs> Alright. So I yeah. If, if, I know we're not past feedback or anything yet, but mm-hmm. if this is like our closing question, then I'll I'll go ahead and dive into this one. Okay. Um I'm gonna use jobs from Final Fantasy Eleven just because I have that up and I'm looking at it. Um That's Trent, what I wanted. You, Trent, you are a scholar, um, just because there's always lots of words coming out and things that are going on there that tend to be very um, scholarly and damaging. Um, I'm going to go I with still Scott. want to be a dragoon. <laughs> <laughs> Trent is disappointed. I need to see some more, you know, clips, you know, post some Instagrams of you jumping off of things with sharp <laughs> pointy objects, and I'll come back to you on that one. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Scott, I'm going to go with... Hmm, this one's tough. Um, debating between Puppet Master or Beast Master. Um, I'm going to go with Puppet Master on this because you kind of are working in the background to get people to do things that they need to do and to kind of control things from behind the curtain. Um, and Sam. Oh, Sam. <laughs> Um, you know the answer to this already, don't you? I'm kind of scared. No, that's that's the hard part. Looking at these jobs, I'm like, hmm, which one do you really fit in this case? I'm I'm not going to go with dancer because that would be really weird. <laughs> uh, you you should see her with her little dances all day long. Uh, I have heard her sing, so bard is kind of a, a a good option in this case. And you know, unlike other games bards don't suck in final fantasy 11 so that may be a good fit i don't know um but yeah. bards do suck in final fantasy 14 though don't they uh no they're actually they are if you're the only healer in the group well, well, that may <laughs> that's be someone else's fault not yours <laughs> okay you're just you're just playing the flute while all your friends are dying you know <laughs> you, you, you rock get cool on bows. you're basically a ranger in those games so <sighs> Okay. Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm gonna have to stop now. That that was exactly what I wanted, though. So thank you for doing that. Be back. There you go. No, I. I don't think Trent's assigned anything to anyone. Oh, he can do that. Um, do you want to do that, Trent? Because I'm not yeah, actually sure. good at this. I, I, sure. I, I'm gonna base it off of Final Fantasy 14 jobs, though, because that's <laughs> yes. my jam. Um, that's a good Mac. I'm gonna, Mac, you're you're gonna be a Dark Knight. Sweet. Because I could see you wielding a really big sword. Heck yeah. And really large armor. Um, Scott, I would say that you are a black mage. Um, but you would, you would also be a black mage that doesn't take shit from anyone. Well, that, um, and, what's the point of having fireball, you know, seven times a day if you can't use it once in a while? Well, there you go. I, I like No, but you're like the crazy black mage, like the one that doesn't realize that they're a DPS character. He's wearing his black mage t-shirt right now, actually. Oh, is he really? He yeah. is. Yeah. That says cast yeah. fire. Sweet. Yeah. So spot and, on, uh, Trent. Yeah, and uh, let's see, Sammers. Oh god, <laughs> what what would I what would I make you? Um, You're all having a hard time with me, and I don't know why. Because uh, these job classes are so strange. <laughs> yeah. These job classes are a hard fit for. Yeah, I, I feel like Sam. As much as I want to put you in a combative like war class, I, I feel like you would be really good at crafting. I'm actually atrocious at crafting in real life. <laughs> Scott's actually better at that. Don't don't take offense to me saying that. Um, oh, I'm not, but I'm just I'm letting you know I I am terrible at crafting related things. I almost want to make her a summoner or something. I think that may be a good summon fit. dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dog oh, appears. Yeah. You, would, you would be a pretty dope summoner. I'll give you that. All right. Scott, you pick a job class system that you would do it to. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna stick you guys in uh, Trail of Cthulhu, oh, which darn. is a 1930s uh, uh, existential horror game based on H.P. Lovecraft. 
So I'm going to say that uh, Sam is uh, the spirit medium. You you talk to ghosts. Trent, cool. Trent is uh, the archaeology professor. And Mac is, of course... Um, of course. Uh-oh. Of course the hobo. <laughs> Sweet. I like these answers. Thank you for answering it using job classes from actual things. Proud of you all. That's all I wanted. All right. Before we go to feedback, I do have to remind you, the dear listener, that we, uh, the Active Topical Banter Show and RP Gamer, are partnering with Gamefly to offer you a premium free 30-day trial of their streaming game service. 8,000 titles to choose from, streamable directly to your smart TV or a set-top box, and I'm going to recommend for you uh, a little bit of homework. You have to decide if you are uh, familiar, more familiar with JRPGs, you should try Dragon Age Inquisition, another class-based game that operates very much in the D&D mode with the same sort of specialization options we talked about earlier. But if you're more familiar with Western games, I think you need to try out the 3DS title Bravely Default, a classic JRPG job game type with uh, a lot of stuff, and because it's just a trial and it's a free subscription, you can bail out the second the game starts to repeat itself, and that's just great. And then, once you've tried both, you can see what exactly we're talking about. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash RPGamer for a free 30-day one-game trial. Now feedback. Okay, so feedback, we're, we are on at the slight disadvantage of recording this not long after the episode dropped proper. So uh, Barry would like to hit us up with some Megami Tensei trivia, reminding us that it is a weird sort of adaptation that has outgrown its source material about 12-fold. You can actually read the translation of the first... The, the two novels online. I don't think they ever actually... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Megami Tensei were novels? Yes. Yes. Some... some oh, I, wow. I, yeah. They were apparently delightfully <laughs> trashy novels, no less. Like, they are cheeseball, cyberpunk, occult, light novels that you would read on the train. They also actually had a manga series at one point, well, that, too. Well, that, that, at that point, that was the, the manga of the book. Yes. Well, I remember because I owned it at one point. Yeah. Tokyo Pop published it in English. So there you go. And Barry, that is awesome trivia. You are the best. Yes, I award you one genuine certified Marvel no prize. Wear it proudly. Ooh. And, <laughs> and uh, of course, oh God, I should attri- I should be nice and attribute this to the former, which is, uh, so Jay Scarp. We love you. Uh, adores uh, Trent's Tom Clancy anecdote. And, <laughs> and he he did want to bring up the idea of the tie-in Muso game. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I it didn't it didn't immediately spark for me because the only one we would have talked about would have been Dragon Quest, which was really good. I like the Dragon Quest. And one. I guess we'll do we'll talk about the Atelier one somewhere next year when Rorona appears in one. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, yeah, that is full, like, the whole Koei Tecmo-verse, and it has Atelier it's people ama- in I it. I want this game. I mean, we could talk about Hyrule Warriors, but, eh, Hyrule Warriors? Yeah, I don't know. But Atelier, Atelier, Muso game. This sounds fantastic and stupid. And you would be the only one who bought it. <laughs> well, no, because it's, it's a bunch of- It's all the Koei it, it's Ko- It's a bunch of Koei properties with healthy representation from- recent atelier so i'm sure it's probably like Eska and lodgy and i want to say roro's in it roro better be in it because if she's not that's just wrong on so many levels i'm 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 now looking this up and figuring out which games is adorbs featured but yes i'd be the only person that would have bought it and so would jay scarps because he understands the love so don't you be hating trent don't you be hating i think you've developed stockholm syndrome with this (laughs) Like, I don't think you understand anymore how awful and repetitive it is, and you've just, like, learned to embrace the darkness within you. (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, okay, so the game is called Muso Stars, that's why I'm looking. I love you, Trent! 
Wait, is this a real thing? It is, is a, real a real thing. thing. Oh my god! It has oh, characters from Samurai Warriors, Dynasty hell? Warriors, Toki Din, Atel yep. Atelier Sophie, Dead or Alive, uh, Kagero, uh, Ninja Gaiden. So no Roro. Um, so far no Roro announced. Just Sophie. Just Sophie. Garbage. Oh. Sofo no Ro. Sofa no Ro. So there you go. It's a real thing, Trent. I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry uh, it, it exists. Soul. Gosh, why? <laughs> you love Muso games. I do love Muso games, but it's like uh, we're so past the point where like they, they should still be making anything. Like around the time where they started combining the worlds of like the Hundred Year War and Ancient Rome and uh, Ninja Gaiden together, that's where I was like, okay, so so how are all these characters coming into the same battlefields? Like it's like how Project Cross Zone works, Trent. Magic just... and happy thoughts. Oh, stop! It's awful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So uh, I'm gonna buy this game when it comes out, and then I'm gonna stream it just for you, Trent. Please uh, don't. If we can do split screen, I will be Hayabusa. Awesome. I'm going to make sure not to watch said stream. I'm joking, by the way. I'm joking. I don't mean it, Trent. I only half mean it. Okay, I you really do, mean it. You do mean it, and you're awful. <laughs> she means it. And that's okay. All right. So obviously you should uh, thank you for thank you for listening, and you should obviously tell your friends and rate us on streaming services and um, join the San Marcello for fan club for nine ninety five. Did you almost say fart club? <laughs> yes. That's okay. A different that's club it, that we are not running in the slightest. <laughs> what it sounded like you always said. I wanted to make sure I was right. <laughs> And uh, leave comments on the fart club. Can you imagine if we just bottled Sam's farts <laughs> and then sent it off to people? Uh, How would you know if they were my farts or the dogs? We wouldn't. We, we, well, we wouldn't. That, that's. <laughs> I don't like this conversation. I, you you furthered it. I was just going to say to leave comments on the forums. Now, for some reason. Said. For some reason, I'm picturing. <laughs> The old NES punch out where it says join the Nintendo Fun Club today. <laughs> and that's what I'm seeing now in my head. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would take the Nintendo Fun, Fun Club, Club over today. whatever the whole whatever the hell my Nintendo is. Who would Oh, my Nintendo. So sad. I miss Club Nintendo. Club Nintendo yeah. was kinda rad. I got cool stuff out of it. I, I can't, no, but back when we had Club Nintendo, I remember thinking, man, Club Nintendo sucks. I wish they would replace it. And, and it's one of those situations where you, where you really don't know what you've got until it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, man, it's gone, and I'm sad. Yep, that's... Yep. Every, time, every time I'm on the Nintendo eShop, it's like, hey, did you know that if you buy certain things and if you play certain things, you can get minor discounts? And I'm like, wow, I don't care. No. <laughs> you, really you, are, you are so much worse than PlayStation Plus, it's not funny. Oh, yeah, it's like, spend 30 gold coins to save 30% off Earthbound. A oh. game that they've priced about 40% <laughs> too high. <laughs> A game that I've already bought on like three platforms. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna know. So next next month, or more properly, the yeah next month, we will be uh, talking about how Nintendo has always been doomed. Actually, next month is the annual Q and A no. episode. Yes. So th oh, this is it one, really? No, no. This one is going up at the end of October or the end of November. Yeah, you don't know your months anymore, do you, sweetie? I've lost track. Because <laughs> it should be. Technically, it should be the Q&A episode. We always do it every December. I love, I love the Q&A episode. Okay. It should be the yeah, that's no, the you're, December you're, one. You're right. Next time is the Q&A episode, so hit us up for Qs in the thread or on Twitter. And yes. If we don't have any Qs, I'm going to take all of Mac's questions of the day and just run those past everyone. <laughs> we do like those. They're pretty great. The, but, they're good questions. But please do, even in the forums, Post questions. Anything you're curious about. If you just want to hear Scott rant or Trent yell, we exactly. can make those things happen while Mac and I smile and nod politely. Yeah. Do like I do for the questions of the day is usually I'm just either in line somewhere or like sitting on the toilet <laughs> and I'm just like thinking about video games and I'm like, hmm, I wonder this. I'm going to ask this of everybody in the world. <laughs> Well, we love and them. And that so. will make the line go faster. Exactly. And then next time there will be a different episode after that. All right. 
So catch you next time. And stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ending <laughs> these shows. Instead. <laughs> the active topical banter show is an RP Gamer production. All rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nubuo Oematsu. Arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com. Hash browns, you back away from my chicken. (laughs) You best back off my chicken. They don't understand that, Trent. I had beef fried rice for dinner, and I had two moochie dogs going, where's the beef? (laughs) They're like, especially Brew, he waddles at you. Wasn't that like a television campaign? Yes, yes, that was old ladies who could not not understand burgers that didn't come from Wendy's. Because Wendy's is (laughs) old-fashioned. I finished Creepy Girls! Be proud of me! I am. I hate myself. Creepy, creepy, creepy. I need to take my pants off. See, this is what we need. We need, we made our own brand of podcast shirts that uh, are just uh, no pants. No pants time to podcast. Heck yeah. Or we could sell pants. (laughs) No, we sell podcast, we sell special podcasting pants. That are actually intangible. So, what you're saying is we should bring back the tearaway pants. <laughs> no, no, not tearaway pants. We sell them no pants. We sell them an empty bag. We what sell them an empty pants? bag called podcast pants. Yes. <laughs> no production costs. Well, well, just they like just like a box with a logo on it, right? That's it.